This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. When I'm on my way to drop off the kids at school and I'm on about five hours of sleep and I haven't had my coffee yet, I'm truly one of a kind. Yeah, this sounds like the beginning of a horror movie. It is. But there is one thing I can do immediately to bring some comfort and calm to the situation and keep me moving forward. Eat Keebler Sandies. I like to think that if the good-looking guy was still around, sitting on the couch, comforting himself about not getting into college, he'd ditch the Cocoa Puffs and down some Keebler Sandies instead. Mixed with chocolate syrup? Ooh, why not? When you need a comforting moment for yourself, Keebler Sandies is the perfect treat to keep you going. Each Keebler Sandy shortbread cookie is baked to perfection by the Keebler Elves for a light sweetness and a texture that melts in your mouth. The next time you feel like you're juggling it all, reach for Keebler Sandy shortbread cookies to enjoy a simple moment of comfort. When it comes to Pod Meets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to 303 mile range, available two-way charging, and other category-defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched-out electric vehicles ever. And as you know, we are tech heads. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250-plus kilowatt DC fast charger. And with the available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car, backyard or side yard. Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only. I did get an email today from one Barbie Block, who... What did Miss Block say? Hello, Barbie. Thank you for listening. She had recently listened to our Danielle Harris interview, and she wanted to bring up the topic we discussed about emancipation. And she said Mm. that a lot of people use the term emancipation to mean legally 18, that there are two different versions of that. One is true emancipation, which means you are divorced from your parents. You are a full entire adult and you can make all decisions for yourself. And then there is legal 18, which is a contract that your parents have to sign that says you can work adult hours, but you are still a minor. It just removes your parents from having to be on set and you can work adult hours. But they, she said most people, especially now, very few people actually get emancipated, but there are a majority of people who are legally 18. 
Wow. I got that must be what I, yeah, I think I, I must have been legally 18 then because I never got emancipated, but my parents weren't on the set. I was 16 when right. we started the you show. You never got emancipated, Will? No. You had to have been because he was, was probably legally 18. Legal I must 18. have been legally 18. Or and David, I think I maybe go, David I Combs in front of a judge. was my son. Oh, yeah, no, I never did. I had to go in that. front of a judge, uh, but, you know, with my parents. But, yeah. you know, I had to say, like, I'm I'm a working adult at 16, and I want to be in charge of my own money and my own life and be able to, How you know, you I had to do all that. Explain but, that process a little bit. How did you? I, I don't quite remember it all. I just know that I was moving at 16. Once I got my driver's license, I wanted my own apartment. We were going into, I guess, at that point, the fourth season mm -hmm. of the show. And I wanted my own apartment. And, you know, it was like a, it was a source of conflict with my mom a little bit because she was yeah. like, okay. And so at first it was like, you can have your own apartment, but I'm still going to come to L.A. every other week and stay mm -hmm. with you to check in. And that only lasted like two two times. And then she was like, all right, you're fine. Um, you know, because I was working all the time. Like, I didn't yeah, have right. that much free time. Like, when yeah. I was in L.A. at my apartment... I was going to Boy Meets World every day, um, but but yeah, but legally it was it was going to be better for me to be emancipated. So I don't know. My dad filed whatever paperwork, and we had to go to in front of a judge in uh, Sonoma County where I grew up and like make the case. And I don't know. It's like I think it's the only time besides traffic school that I've ever been in a courtroom. <laughs> Right, like, you know, standing in front of a judge, but it was easy. It was just like, oh, and the judge just asked me a couple questions about, like, you know, basically that you want this, that, mm -hmm. and my parents are there, so because I think in a lot of cases people get emancipated in order to get away from sure. a bad situation, you know, like, right, and that's when legal emancipation would make sense when right. you're truly looking to be on your own and be treated as an adult. And I think we had talked about that a little bit um, also with Danielle Harris about where she was like, then when the tax board came after her, when the IRS came after her and she was like, they, they treat as I was an adult, even though at the time I was 17, but she had been legally emancipated. Yeah. Hmm. So, um, so I did just want, Barbie wanted to bring that up because um, it, I do know, I did remember that we didn't discuss it too much. And I think Danielle was emancipated writer. I believe you were emancipated. I think so, yeah. um, but there is another version you can do, which is, is you're still a minor and your parents are still responsible for you. It's just that they don't have to be on set with you and you are allowed to work the adult hours mm -hmm. of an adult. That must have been what I got. Because again, yeah. I had a legal guardian when I lived in LA. I had Spencer that I lived with, but he never came to the set and yeah, he wasn't exactly. there. And I was working regular hours. I still had to go to school and everything. But I, right. So it must have been some version of that that I had. Yeah. But I never had to sense. go in front of a judge or do any of that kind of stuff. Are you sure your yeah. parents just didn't do it? As your attorneys, my, <laughs> must not. I mean, they could have filed <laughs> the paperwork with that. Exactly. Without me knowing, who knows? Maybe. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Well, I'm thinking about letting Adler do it. He really wants to move to the beach, and I guess that's a good yeah, idea. I, Can I you reverse the process? Can I go back and live with my parents and be legally a child again? Is that a thing? Is there demancipation? I, I think you've done it with Sue. It's yeah. called marriage. <laughs> it's called marriage. Exactly. exactly. Yes. It, I, it's so funny. I did like, go my, before a judge. I got married. There you go. I remember just being so convinced that I was fine at 16 to be on my own. Yeah. And I remember my parents asking like fellow parents around them, like, is this okay? You know, and now I think about it I'm like, yeah. That is crazy talk. You're going right. to let your, let me like even listening to your story, Will. I'm like, they, they let you move all the way across. the. Right. And I mean, yes, you, you'd like to think like, well, we, in our case, we were like very mature and mm. we were fine. But 
you're still 16. Like, no, I agree. That's, Dude, that's going back, crazy Just talk. thinking about the stuff that they that my parents allowed me to do, getting on the bus and going to New York City. And, you know, I was 12 when I started yeah. doing that stuff. Yeah. It's right. crazy. I mean, it's, it's, I'm, thank God they did because it does, I, I'm, it got me where I am and it made me the person that I am. And it certainly, coming from a small town in Connecticut and, and spending time, even as a child in New York City, sometimes by myself, well, I learned more real world in the four right. hours I was there than anywhere else. So in certain ways, it made me a much better, more well-rounded, empathetic human being. Right. In other ways, I'm like, damn, I was great well. I mean, this yeah. is like the whole thing about parenting now versus parenting in like the 70s or 80s or mm-hmm. when, you know, name your previous generation where kids were just like, they just hitchhike. They just roam. Yeah. They just yeah. do whatever they need to do to get around. Yeah. And Producer- it was like- Jensen Carp, husband of this podcast, used to go on vacation to Vegas with his parents and they liked would to gamble. Say, so they would just give him $20 and he would just roam the strip. He was 11. Yeah, and he'd just, about right. He'd find an yeah. arcade. He'd, I was given knives and told to, you know, hang out in the woods. In the woods. <laughs> I was in the woods, exactly. We had guns and knives in the woods. I mean, yeah. I, mean, I wasn't allowed to watch 90210. So we're all the same here. <laughs> we're all the same. I wasn't allowed to do absolute. I was allowed to do absolutely nothing. And. Right. But here's the thing. But here, here's, here's the thing that, you know, that interests me as a parent raising my kid. Because, like, obviously, like, you know, because my wife, my wife never had child seats. She didn't even wear they didn't no. even wear like uh, your, your mom does when this. she was a kid. Your mom does that. Like she, no, but she remembers like her mom got into an accident and they slid under the seat. Like oh because gosh. none of the kids were wearing, you know, it was like right. a giant station wagon. Yeah. It was the 70s. Like that's what you did. Um, and so you think like, okay, so we mitigate risk by, you know, child seats, yeah. not letting our kids roam in cities or whatever. But then all of our children are more anxious. Yep. They're freaked yeah. out. They're scared. Yeah. They don't grow up as fast. And it's like, yeah. okay, well, at, at what point do you say the trade-off is it's you take the risk. You allow your kids to go somewhere where that, you know, yes, they might get Killed. murdered if in the one in a million, two million <laughs> right. chance that there's a serial killer out kidnapping children right now in your neighbor, you know, but like right. that's really, but the, the risk is like if, if the bad thing happens, it's awful. Right. Yeah. But, of course. But that the chances of the bad thing happen really are not that high. Yeah. So, yeah, well, it's like, also with with anxiety is a perfect like you mentioned anxiety, kids being more anxious. The perfect example is we we have reversed what it should be. As somebody who deals with anxiety, one of the ways you deal with anxiety is by confronting the fear. Right. You don't make the world safer. Right. You put yourself in the middle of the danger. Right. right. And so, how do you learn that you're capable? You find right. yourself in situations exactly. where you have to prove that you're capable and then you right. go, Oh, I, I actually can do this. I don't right. like flying. So flying makes me nervous. So I fly for a living now. Yeah. Well, what was I going to do? Go, no, sorry, I can't do any of this work. I had to fly. Right. So I just kept flying. And now I'm okay with flying. Yeah. There's certain things, you know, people who are agoraphobic, the, the, it's not that people, well, well, now we can get everything delivered to the house. That's not good. It, right. Going out to the grocery yeah, store and shopping is what you need to do. Right. So it's, you know, the, 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 you know, everybody wants the world wrapped in bubble wrap now. And that's exactly the opposite to help with anxiety. You All need right. to be out with the sharp knives and everything. That's all that. Not even just anxiety, just life you experience, should. right? Yes. Like you want, it just makes you a better person to be exposed to different types of people, different, mm-hmm. you know, the, yes. like that's what, you know, I, I've, you guys have given me crap before in our conversations about me being like, 
you know, anti one big box store shopping or like malls, because I I believe that the friction of like going to a market, having to go to different stores, having to meet different people or, you know, those challenges are good for us. And we yeah, have no, so many of them. But Costco's hot dogs are amazing. Mm, the yeah. pizza's also well, so hey, look, good. I mean, I just order everything on Amazon, which is the worst of the worst. Exactly. Like complete, right. you know, lack of human contact it's or true. experience. And it's so but bad. For I me. don't have children. So I, I, you know, I know that I'm the person without kids that gives opinions like these, but it seems to me that kids today don't know how to lose at anything. Yeah. Everything has to be perfect. And when the smallest little thing happens, they melt down. And back in the day, you're talking about the seventies. If we played a soccer game, a baseball game, and we lost, you didn't get a trophy. Somebody came up to you and went, we're going to work harder. And next year we're going to try to do better. That's how you did it. Learning how to lose was so much more important than learning how to win. And if you're still going, hey, man, great job. Here's a medal. You struck out and ran to third. Well, then you're never going to know how to actually play baseball. So it's, you know, there's there's a balance to all this stuff. But again, the easiest way for me was just going out. We lost Ryder with the sports ball. So. Oh, we did. Sorry. Yeah, I didn't he, know what you're talking he, about. Yeah, we'll get into off. it because in this in one of the episodes, he's got a great sports ball reference. And I'll guarantee he has no idea what he's saying. Not a clue. Not a clue no. what he's talking about. <laughs> Welcome to Pod Meets World. I'm Danielle Fischel. I'm Ryder Strong. And I'm Will Friedel. We talk a lot about moms on this podcast and how important they are to us. Absolutely. Without Jen Fischel, what pictures would we post on our social media? But above and beyond all the incredible mom things they did for us, laundry, dinners, let us travel to Los Angeles alone to chase our dreams of acting. Will, what what else was your mom doing? Uh, My mom was also running all three courts in Connecticut while authoring books. Wow. Well, whether your mom was a legal trailblazer or just the greatest source of inspiration and care in the world, this Mother's Day, she deserves some flowers. You are right. And that's why I'm sending mine farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And while I'm teaching you things, how about 25% off your entire Books order so you can join us in treating our mothers to a beautiful arrangement? Love it. Here's why I like the Books company. They are different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. That's really cool. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Your mom is unique, so she deserves flowers just as special. And Books is simple. I went online, picked the delivery date, and I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your Books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code WORLD for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com promo code WORLD. Books promo code world. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by the experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. 
Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free. Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help with your job search. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the office near you or download the Express Jobs app to get started. With a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries, from welding to sales, forklift operator to customer service, the team at Express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step. Whether you're looking for a contract job for the summer or a new full-time role, turn to Express Employment. Interviewing with Express Employment Professionals can be as easy as a phone call. And one application with Express puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Don't go in your job search alone. Visit ExpressPros.com today. Pod Meets World is coming to Philadelphia. Did you really think we wouldn't visit the home of the Matthews? This one is going to be very special. It is our 30th anniversary spectacular on September 30th at the Met with special guests. Today, pre-sale starts August 3rd at 10 a.m. Eastern with code Philly. That's P-H-I-L-L-Y. And then general public sales start Friday, August 4th at 10 a.m. Eastern. You can also so go to podmeetsworldshow.com to get tickets and see more information. So today's episode, season three, episode four, He Said, She Said, air date October 20th, 1995. The synopsis, Sean is forced to visit with a guidance counselor after continually skipping class and misinterprets her advice and decides to drop out, catch a bus and set out to find himself. Also, we have a bully standoff. I feel like the title of this show is very misleading. Made no sense. I, when, when I started, I was like, wait, didn't I already watch this one? Because we had done Corey saying I love you and her and Topanga yeah. not saying it back. I was like, that's the title. No, no, no. He's totally different. Said. Yeah. So who is it in reference to? The ca- guidance counselor. Is it? Yes. So she said, I went she to Europe. Said, and I went to Europe and he Tony, said. Is it supposed to be Tony said one thing and she said something else? He said, she said, is that I, supposed to be? What to be is? honest, I don't know. I don't either. Did you like the episode? There were so many storylines. This is a weird episode to me. It was a weird episode. There was no conclusion to one of the storylines. Just what happens to you? One of the weirdest endings we've ever had, too, in the show. Uh, We let's talk about it. I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm truly. I haven't really settled in with how I feel about the episode. Me neither. I don't think it's bad. Me neither. No, no, no. Odd. It just felt a little off. Yeah. Um, Agreed. Agreed. Felt like there was a lot going on, and maybe this needed to be fleshed out more. Yeah, rewritten, (laughs) and maybe some of the. Wow. Producer Jensen Karp, husband of this podcast, just wrote one of my favorites for the record. Weird. I think I mean, I think I think this was a lot of like ideas kind of crammed into one. So like, I, yeah. I especially like the bully storyline. Right. It just felt like a different show. Totally. It was like, Could have been a different we, episode. Does anybody really care about this anymore? Do you know? But our writers yeah. did. We obviously did. And I think in the long term, maybe the fans do, too. Yes. But it feels a little long winded to it get felt there. like that should have been the B storyline of a different episode. And instead, mm-hmm. it was maybe the B or C storyline of this episode. There were there were a couple. So I'll tell you what I think the problem is. Just a lack of Corey. It just yeah, like it doesn't have maybe, a rounding maybe, Corey maybe. storyline. Yeah. And that's what we yeah. needed. Like Ben is so lost in this episode. I know. And it doesn't feel 
you know, it's 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 sort of like a reiteration of the Sean stuff, which we've kind of already mm-hmm. covered pretty extensively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that having the Sean storyline as the A storyline, it's just a little old at this point already. I've run yeah. away so many times. It is getting a little repetitive at this point. Now you're just mm-hmm. running away with more expensive sets. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's like, okay, it's like, yeah, now now he's running to a place we've never seen before. And I'm kind of like, oh, Gosh. Sean's leaving again. Okay. So it does funny. get a little much. So this episode was directed by Jeff McCracken. It was written by Jeff Minnell, guest starring Alex DeSere as Eli Williams. The return of Danny McNulty as Harvey Harley Kiner. This is his last ever episode of Boy Meets World. Blake wow. Soper as Joseph, Joey the Rat Epstein. Ethan Suplee as Frankie Stacchino. Another return and the final episode of Adam Scott as it Griffin is, right? Griff Hawkins. It is. It yes. is his last one. I thought so. I thought mm-hmm. so. Yep. So this was just the end of the leader of the bullies. Even, even, right. And, they basically yeah. were like, we're going to keep having Frankie and Joey back, but we need to acknowledge that they are no longer going to have a leader. Interesting. So yeah. that's what I think the I real importance why, was. Because... Griff is a great character. He's a great character. He may Why have been working. He may busy, have, you know, right? he may have already started doing other stuff. And or just yeah. numbers game. They're just adding exactly. up how many guest stars. But yeah, because keep in mind, we also have Alex is on the show as yeah. joined right. as a you know yeah. semi regular now, and I think they're they're swapping. To so get really, the, cast the whole right. point of this episode is to trim characters. Correct. <laughs> Let's get rid of yeah. to pull back from where we went in the second season and to trim it back to you know some essential yeah. elements. Yeah. That's interesting. Which is so strange that they want to bring Danny back to kind of wrap up his character story when they just replaced him with a different actor well in i think that episode. was probably a an extension like um their way he had probably gotten out of the hospital he was obviously out of the hospital at this point and they right. looked it's at it as being like danny, maybe for yes danny. as a you yeah. know a res- out of respect to danny who had to leave in the middle of an episode let's bring him back and tie up this storyline and you know i feel i they probably did feel like the last one just replacing him felt disrespectful and they didn't want to end yeah. on that note that so. makes sense. by the way i had lunch with david kendall yesterday and we specifically talked about the you know replacing danny and danny at the table read and and how he didn't remember it and what he he was looking back at his notes what he thinks happened is he was sent to Lake Placid early oh. for the Nancy Kerrigan stuff and wasn't actually there wasn't during there for the, the table, table read, read yeah. right? Yeah, that, that makes sense. sense. Yeah, and then we have Amy Leland as Devin Collins and Carmen Philby as quote unquote bum. He is a legendary <laughs> character actor yeah. who you will know when you see him. He mostly played bums or drunk or old guy. He has 106 <laughs> credits on IMDb oh before God. his passing in 2003. I know this is more detail than we usually give for guest stars, but please indulge me here with some of this King's highlights. Okay. He played a drunk on Rhoda. A bum on Barney Miller, bum in Escape from New York, bum on Silver Spoons, bus station bum on The Sure Thing, panhandler on Cagney and Lacey, street bum number one in Who's That Girl. Now, the role he is most famous for, which is the roadkill postal messenger in Beetlejuice, a famous Halloween costume even. He was Old Man Withers in Wayne's World, Wino in Parker Lewis Can't Lose, and the same role, Wino, in Sister Sister. He was Old Man in Bar in Wedding singer old guy in sabrina the teenage witch and he voiced homeless guy in eight crazy nights he is a total legend what an amazing thing to be known like you just you you give good bum so so we're just gonna make you our home our (laughs) go-to alcoholic homeless guy in everything and once you get known for that and you're good at it that's all you do that's and by the way what a career what oh my god 
You're a he legend. was on everything. He was on everything. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, th- it's just. Yeah, he's pretty, a legend. But, you know, we talked remarkable. about like how you have to like find your zero as an actor. You know, like what does your presence just say right. about the yeah. world? He got up on stage and everyone yelled bum at him. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You just look at him and you're like, OK, yeah, yeah. he's a bum. This is a man he's who a- cannot drink a cup of coffee without somebody walking by and dropping change into it. Right. Yeah. It's like, dude, give me he found my a coffee. Zero. He found yeah. a zero. But yeah. again, he's is one of those actors that has been around forever, has been on every legendary show, and almost no one knows his name. He's right. one of those guys. Exactly. It's incredible. Unsung heroes. If you check his IMDb, you'll see it many a times. Yes. So to jump into our recap, school hallway. Mr. Feeney walks in holding two large gift baskets and he hands one to Eli at school, now known as Mr. Williams. Mr. Williams thinks Feeney is giving him the gift basket, but Feeney says they're just from seniors who are trying to get college recommendations. Feeney is just having Eli take them to his car. Eli says, it's good to be you, isn't it? But Feeney says he gives it to the homeless shelters. And then Eli says, right, and walks off. And then Mr. Feeney yells, drop that mango, man. And it reminded me of when Alex said that that was one of Bill's, that he says that to himself sometimes, like to get into character. I remember it. Yeah. The second I heard it, I was like, yes, that's right. That's so funny. Mango, man. It's funny because I didn't hear it as, I didn't hear it that way. The second I see said, I was like, that's right. Oh my God. He has one later that to me is a much more memorable. So we'll talk about, huh? Yeah, Feenism, just the, yeah. The, the delivery of the other one, the one that we have in the future, to me was so much more, I don't know, I just, it felt more Bill. It felt more mm-hmm. special. This kind of felt to me like just a pretty basic line reading, but obviously to everyone else, it really was very memorable. So Eric walks up saying, boy, what some kids will go to to get into college, huh? Feeney tells him to save his money. There is no fruit basket big enough to sway him. And Eric says, that's the furthest thing from his mind. And Feeney says, right there next to your schoolwork. <laughs> In a great so sweater. Great sweater. Yeah, well, you have at the bottom of it. Yeah. yeah. It was like the char- it's like Charlie Brown, but they moved this the Charlie Brown esque down the way to the, the bottom. bottom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Then we're in Turner's classroom. Feeney walks in and sees that Corey is holding a giant papaya. Feeney asks him where he got the papaya, and Corey, confused, says from home. But Feeney says he has his eye on him. Feeney tells Turner that Sean missed his sister. A little scene. Did you guys? So the the point is that Feeney assumes he stole it from the basket. A gift basket. Got it from a gift basket. Yeah. But and also, if he is bringing it from home, a papaya's work. uh, This is not an apple. You just don't bite into a papaya. It takes some prep. I know it. It doesn't. It's yeah. It's a reach to bring a papaya anywhere. I'm not really, especially in Philadelphia. There's not a lot of kids in Philadelphia. I think walking to school with a, a full papaya. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure. It's I'm weird. not sure what's yeah. happening here. I think it's, it's the word papaya they like hearing over and over again. Yeah. So Feeney tells Turner that Sean missed his history test this morning. Corey tries to cover for him by saying Sean has a severe case of and he can't finish his sentence and he asks Feeney for help and Feeney just says sloth. And Corey says, yes, Hong Kong sloth. But Turner is frustrated and he walks out to go find Sean. And Feeney says, not your best work to Corey. Then we are in Turner's apartment. Turner goes back to his apartment. He apparently just leaves school in the middle of the day. Is it the middle? So this is, I thought the same thing because the the way they cut it together or wrote it is very odd because Turner walks out. He's like, yes, okay. I can't believe he did that. And then it cuts to his apartment. So either he waited till the end of the day and school's over and he's like, you didn't go to school at all today or he did just bail midday. I think the implication is that he leaves right then and there. 
Yeah, he went to go check. He went on to go. So, and but like Corey okay. was in the seat. So was yeah. Corey waiting for class going to, to start? Class, this well, I think he probably taught his class and then on his lunch Corey break, rather there than going to the, rather than going to the calf, he uh, he runs home. Can we talk about? Um, I believe that Sean is now influencing Mr. Turner's fashion choices oh. because of this lovely vest that I don't it's think Tony has vest. worn a vest yet. I don't so, think so either. So now, I, and and I. I'm kind of joking, but I also think that that's something that Sarah Markowitz would have. I totally agree with you. It's like now their characters are going to start to resemble one another. Yes, and 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 share closet and share closet, and and we're just going to give Turner a little bit of a nod, like he and Sean are are similar types. Because also the ties are calming down; they're still there, but they're not quite as bold. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, I think yeah. you're right. I think I think that that may have been a Sarah Markowitz thought that like mm-hmm. who influences who in this right. relationship. Right. But then when he goes at the apartment, he's wearing a leather jacket. Right. Which is going to, you know, it's all, it brings up the leather jacket, which shows yeah. up again on so Hardly. Like, yeah. Yes, what is going on? Oh, so everyone's got it. Turner goes back to his apartment to find Sean sitting on the couch ordering Forrest Gump on pay-per-view. Turner says, you missed another day of school. Oh, you missed another day of school. You are Forrest Gump. Sean says he seems to be doing well for himself. And then when Turner tells Sean he missed his history test, Sean says, oh, that worked out. Which is, I thought was cute. You didn't Mm -hmm. skip school because you knew there was a history test. It just conveniently. You skipped school. Great. Yeah. Turner says he has too much going on to try and figure Sean out, so he's going to send him to see the guidance counselor tomorrow. Sean says his people are celebrating a very important holiday tomorrow. And when Turner asks what people he's referring to, Sean says they're staying home tomorrow to come up with a name. Get a name. It's funny. Do you remember this robe, writer? Because I no. remember this robe. I do, too. I do, too. Uh, no, I mean, I remember it because I've already worn it in a previous episode. But, yeah. Um, it's the episode when you stumble out of the Turner's apartment wearing right, the robe to school. Right. And I remember the robe, though. I think this robe sticks with you for the rest of the show. I okay. think it does, too. I think I this think you is have kind of a college. Sean robe. This is yeah. Sean. <laughs> yeah. This and is it's a great robe. robe. It's so great. I want yeah. it now. It's a great robe. So then we're in the school hallway, Corey and Sean, who is back in your heart Atlas shirt, yep. uh, but now also in camo pants and a cool button up. I like Ugh. this fit. Camo it's a little pants. much, but I like it. I, I mean, camo, camo pants, pants are awful. Yeah, <laughs> camo pants are awful, but you pull it off. I actually right, like thanks. if you're going to wear camo pants, I like wearing camo pants with a totally, a totally weird like button up that Combo. doesn't go with it. I like I like at least making it kind of weird and funky like that. So they are discussing Corey telling Feeney and Turner he had Hong Kong sloth. Sean is disappointed in that. Sean says no matter what with this guidance counselor, he will not waste an hour of his life listening to a bald-headed, long-winded, leisure suit-wearing Set it up, set it up, set it up. And I had no recollection of this. No recollection of this actress, of this episode. I Actually, once I got to the bus station, I was like, oh, right. Because I I knew Sean had tried to run away at one point. I remembered like, yeah, I think that's right that I ended up at a bus station. But no recollection of working with this woman Mm. who's lovely and this whole character. But I don't, don't, yeah. Um, So this feels... Yeah, this episode felt rushed to me for some reason. Well, because there's so many things going on. Yeah. 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 So... Uh, then Devin Collins, the beautiful new guidance counselor who looks nothing like what Sean described, walks over excited to have her name on a door. Guess what? Her office is the bathroom slash Feeney office rotating door. We have yet another mm-hmm. thing for this door to be. Actually, it's not. What? And later in the episode, they prove it. Oh, because they go out it, of a different hallway. Well, kind of. No, they are. They are in the same hallway. No, mm-hmm. they're in the same hallway. But I can now, the way they set it up, 
they definitely make it so that this is a different floor. How? Really? Yes. And we could talk about it now or we can talk about it then because it was a big thing. I was like, oh, they just solved it right there. Okay, good. Let's see. Let's let's wait till we get there. And then okay. you can explain to us how this it's school is actually floor. a tower. Yep. Okay. Um, so Corey and Sean are shocked. She's the new guidance counselor. Sean introduces himself and says, guide me. She looks like she's Eric's age, by the way. It's yeah. like, I love how Mr. Williams wasn't quite young enough. We're just going right. to bring in yet another young teacher until eventually we have boss baby in here. And, yeah, right. <laughs> and that exactly just right. becomes exactly right. Yeah, I mean, this was teacher. clearly a, a note that they're still yeah. responding to of like, make it more 20 something friendly. Give yeah. Boy Meets World that like friend style edge um, because she She never came back, though, did she? No, I don't think so. But they're clearly testing out the waters of like, because, I mean, it's true. We don't have, I mean, now that Miss Tompkins is gone from season two, we don't have a female teacher presence. Like, you know, we've like, we've got Feeney, Mr. Williams, Mr. Turner. And I think that they were probably like, oh, we should probably have a a female, you know, teacher. They put her in here and I don't think it quite, you know, Betsy. Betsy's normally the only woman on the show. And then occasionally they bring Danielle in. I mean, that was like, that's what the first season or two were about. So, yeah, yeah, they need more women. So, yeah. Well, Eric gives Griff, who looks much older. I thought Adam Scott looked like he had aged. Yeah. Yeah, it happens. It it, but it was, it was, yeah, he looked now started to look like he was in his mid 20s all of a yeah, sudden. He looked yeah. a little older. And Frankie, money for Feeney's stationery to write his own recommendation letter on. Frankie keeps asking Griff and he, if he can pat Eric down. Eric asks how they got the stationery. And Frankie say, says, let's just say it fell off a truck. Eric then asks for a Feeney envelope. And Frankie, Frankie slyly looks at a mini notebook and says, Tuesday. 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 Joey appears and acts startled to see Griff, who says that whenever he sees Joey, he thinks of small doses. (laughs) Joey runs over to tell Frankie he was surfing the Internet, verbally pounding on people when he got a message from Harley. On the net, he's known as Harlkind, and he told Joey he's getting out of reform school. He thinks he's graduating. Uh, Question. Yeah. Is this the first ever Boy Meets World internet, internet joke. I think it is. And Joey because is it's an what, internet 95? troll. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's 1995. This is like, I think, the first internet joke for us. Yeah. Really? It, I think is, so. I mean, I can't remember another one. Yeah, I guess so. And but he's what, talking what about, about an internet from handle. And... Yeah, that was, that was just on a computer. It's it was just on internet. a computer. Yeah, it's just yeah. the newspaper. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, never I think made this a reference is... like email or. I don't think so. I think right. this is it. This is the, the I think start so of the Did you guys email, have email joke. addresses by then? I don't think in 95 I did. I think it, it wasn't. Well, maybe I, I did. So. I might have. I'm still had, AOL. I had ride or die. Was, remember, th- this was like the era of like there was the World Wide Web, but then there were like the internet services that you would pay for, like Prodigy, AOL. Right. Oh, yeah. And then I oh, paid. Yeah. For, then I, I my family did. had Genie, which was like General Electric's oh. message yeah. board or whatever. Right. And so there would be those sub communities with like chat rooms and message boards on those servers and then like maybe you could send emails to like other people who are in other services but it would you would have to like write certain codes on the on the top of your email in order for it to go from one server to another it was like a big deal yeah i mean i was a part of celebrity sightings at the time and so we had email addresses through that and celebrity 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 sightings was like truly it was way before its time but it was a celebrity-based website where 90s kid stars, so mm-hmm. Candace Cameron was a part of it, I was a part of it, Jody was a part of it, Tia and Tamara were a part of it, Jonathan Taylor Thomas was a part of it, where you 
are there's chat rooms and we were all assigned chat room names that had the equivalent of a blue check mark next to them. Right. And and then people paid to be a part of that service where we had like office hours where we would go in and chat oh, with people God. and based like on fan using access fan to, access. Wow. It, yeah, it was like the very you first. Got paid? I don't even remember. It you doesn't. I don't feel like I did. I don't, I don't you, feel like I did. Like nowadays. Yeah. But back now, then there were, it was the idea that it would just be good publicity for you. Exactly. Right, it was right, good right, publicity right. for you. It. And then they did dupe like promotional stuff for you. They paid for your photo shoots. And so you got like, I'm pretty sure they had something right. to do with my calendar that I did. And like, you know, they there was there was that kind of stuff. But I was it was way before its time. But I was a part of celebrity sightings and I talked about it in like interviews. And um, uh. there are truth. This is so crazy. I still talk to somebody I met on Are you that. Serious? Yes. Really? He was a he was a troll. His name his username was Herc Jason. He's gonna <laughs> die when he hears me talking about him. Um and he was kind of like he was trying to dox me back in the day. Back he was like able, he was like, I know I'm gonna find out your address. And my mom ended up my mom was a part of it too. And she had a username where everyone knew it was really my mom. And my mom ended up starting this conversation with him that was like, why are you doing this? This is actually a dangerous thing. And if you're looking for attention, this isn't the way to get attention. And he ended up basically feeling very bad and apologizing. And still to this day, we are in communication with Jason. Have and you I, met him in real life? No, I've never, I've never met him face to face, but I've, we've seen pictures of each other. Obviously he's seen pictures of me. He's, uh, I've seen pictures of him on the internet and he sends pictures of his family to my mom. He's actually closer with my mom than he is, is with so me. Funny. And wow. he, yeah, it's so, anyway, pretty, pretty. I have never in my life been in a chat room. Wow. Not one single time have I ever out, experienced back then. So I used to go on to movie chat rooms all the time back then. That was like that. This was like that sounds go like on you. To, I'd go on to like, you know, and I remember getting into like big debates about like what movies were getting nominated for Academy Awards and, da, 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 and then somebody realizing that I was only 13, 14 oh, and, and like being like discounted. super condescending and being, you know, because it was probably some 40 year old dude of that course. I was debating with. And he was like, wait, your opinion doesn't count. I remember being so angry. I was probably the last time I was in a chat room because <laughs> I remember wow. just being like, this doesn't make any sense. And then yeah. and then of, I used to do AOL. Stuff. Oh, yeah. Instant Messenger. Not Remember your messenger. away mess? Oh my gosh, I was so into AIM. You had no. your away message BRB and... <laughs> wow. I would go oh any of this. where people would post things about like, you know, mm. communities, community boards, like message yeah. boards. And then I would do interviews or like ask, basically the equivalent of like ask me anything um, right. on, on AOL. Like they would schedule a thing and I would go right. on and fans would log in. Um, yeah, which is totally a Reddit ask me anything, but back in the day. But yeah, well, Will, you never had computers at all. Like, I had a laptop. Do you guys remember I had a laptop? You had, yes. I remember you I were like, like, your laptop. $5,000. It was more than that. It I think no, it was seven, I thought. I thought you no. spent seven grand on your, la- on well, your laptop. I, I'm that sure was it, was, it was an player. IBM ThinkPad, which was like a revolutionary Apple, uh, revolutionary computer at the time, because it was just the most powerful laptop you could get in 1990. Four, I guess and it had this like mouse the whole the revolution was that it had this little like eraser tip mouse in the middle of the yes, keyboard I yes that I remember pressure thing. sensitive yes. oh my yes. god you yeah. introduced me to Wolfenstein yep. and you Wolfenstein. introduced me to Civilization Civilization mm, 3 the greatest game ever made I remember that yes yep. those were we, we that was basically why I had a $5,000 computer well and we learned games. from Adam Scott that he used to go visit all of the chat rooms that talked about him so yes those were oh, those were good times guys Good time. 
we talk a lot about moms on this podcast and how important they are to us. Absolutely. Without Jen Fischel, what pictures would we post on our social media? But above and beyond all the incredible mom things they did for us, laundry, dinners, let us travel to Los Angeles alone to chase our dreams of acting. Will, what, what else was your mom doing? Uh, my mom was also running all three courts in Connecticut while authoring books. Wow. Well, whether your mom was a legal trailblazer or just the greatest source of inspiration and care in the world, this Mother's Day, she deserves some flowers. You are right. And that's why I'm sending mine farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And while I'm teaching you things, how about 25% off your entire Books order so you can join us in treating our mothers to a beautiful arrangement? Love it. Here's why I like the Books Company. They are different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. That's really cool. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Your mom is unique, so she deserves flowers just as special. And Books is simple. I went online, picked the delivery date, and I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your Books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code WORLD for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com promo code WORLD. Books promo code WORLD. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh... Every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by the experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job, not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help with your job search. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the office near you or download the Express Jobs app to get started. With a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries, from welding to sales, forklift operator to customer service, the team at Express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step. Whether you're looking for a contract job for the summer or a new full-time role, turn to Express Employment. Interviewing with Express Employment Professionals can be as easy as a phone call. And one application with Express puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Don't go in your job search alone. Visit ExpressPros.com today.
So Joey says he's sneaking out in a shipment of laundry next week and he is worried. But Frankie says Griff and Harley are going to meet and then they will. And then he eventually realizes, though, this is actually going to be bad and there will probably be an issue between Harley and Griff. And then we are in the guidance counselor's office and Miss Collins asks Sean about what his previous guidance counselor had said. But Sean says this is his first time. Miss Collins says, really? Mine, too. And then realizes she probably shouldn't have said that out loud. Miss Collins opens Sean's file and says, wow. But Sean says he'll savor the time and they can skip to the part where she tells him education is the key to a happy and successful life. She asks if that's what she's supposed to say. And Sean says, well, that's what everyone else says. But Miss Collins says that growing up, her parents always talked about the three M's, money, marriage and mortgage. Sean says his dad always talked about the three B's, babes, bucks and brewskis. Babes, bucks, Bucks, brewskis. (laughs) It was always so fun to do. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, an impression Blake. of of Blake. We would always yeah. do that. Hey, morning. Like all yeah. that kind of was great. <laughs> Sean says Chet was the philosopher of the trailer park and would always say one man's septic tank is another man's oasis, but he never understood what that meant. Miss Collins tries to take a guess and says maybe Chet was trying to say what's good for one person doesn't hold for everyone. Sean says he always knew high school wasn't for everyone because not everyone will end up in college. Miss Collins says she felt the same way and hated the idea of college, so she took a year and traveled around Europe. She did end up in college, but she needed to learn about herself first. And then she sits on the desk in front of him like a real weirdo. I, I don't disagree. So it was so, so the whole thing was vaguely sexual. Obviously, it was, it's not vaguely. Yes, it's like we're it, flirting. I mean, it, I think that's the point of this storyline. Or the intention of the storyline is that she is young and inexperienced and doesn't realize that she the power is essentially of her overstepping words. her bounds. Yeah. You know. But it I kind of wish it went there more fully. Like yeah. the 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 storyline that we did where uh, the tutor flirted with you, Will. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like, Terry Ivins. That made it like a real that it kind of was the same storyline, right? It was like she was overstepping her bounds because she was attracted to you and da da da. And like this is kind of the same thing, but it doesn't quite go there enough to me. Like well, she doesn't she doesn't ever realize like, oh I shouldn't have like it becomes this whole thing like, oh she shouldn't have said the thing about Europe. But the reality is she shouldn't have probably like admitted that she, it was her first time, and she shouldn't have kind of flirted with Sean. Right? Did you but think that's the she was flirting? I well, no, don't it's not think clear it was enough. intentional that's why it's flirting. Like, yeah, I don't exactly. Either. I don't either. I don't think the writers intended for this to have a sexual current, but it does. Yeah. And I feel like writer, you're you're right. It should have been more on either either side. Either Whether side. they wanted it to be more sexual, yes. then sh- they could have pushed it that way. Exactly. Or if they really did not want it to be, it should have been more like. If she kind of preoccupies herself with something else and goes off on a tangent about her own life and then goes, sorry, but this isn't about me. This is about you. And she doesn't realize that by talking about her own experience, she's made Sean think maybe that's the experience I need. It should have been a little bit more clear. I think the idea was that she's too inexperienced and young. So she so she makes a mistake and 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 is more like on Sean's level than on Turner's or you know, like an or Feeney's. And I think that that's a cool storyline. It just needed a little bit more development. Like she, you know, she like actually what should have happened is that Sean interprets it as flirting, even though it's not. You know, like she doesn't need and he reads it because he does in the beginning. He's like, oh she's she's hot. Like he we established that like he's attracted to her. And then in this scene she's kind of you know, and and yet Sean doesn't react. Like Sean isn't no. really like, oh, well, the it also, hot guidance counselor told me to go. No, because run away. I don't think it's supposed the, to be there. I don't either. And this is it shows the power of blocking. 
Yeah. Because she get it change she gets up from behind the desk and, and sits in front in of him front and crosses him. her legs yes. and it changes totally. Everything. Just totally. keep her behind the desk and it's a whole different scene. Yes, keep her so behind. So it's the power of blocking. It really is. But yeah, that's it's... all intentional, man. I mean that, that like clearly they watched re- run-throughs where this happened and went right. that's the ride we want. We yeah, want her exactly. to be like basically overstepping bounds, but then to not reference it within the writing or the the actual right, right. storyline to me is a huge mistake uh, because it just ends up being this ambiguously weird moment that yeah, doesn't yeah. get resolved. And it's or, not the last. This entire show ends on a really weird moment with her, mm-hmm. which we'll agreed. Get to. We will talk about that as well. I know. Yeah. So then we're in the school hallway. Mr. Williams asks Feeney for a favor. He wants Feeney's help for a practice public service announcement in his TV production class. Feeney says he's busy, but Eli butters him up by saying the students think he would make the perfect narrator. Feeney rethinks his answer and says he doesn't want to disappoint the students. Eli hands him the script and Feeney rolls his eyes and asks if Eli is married to any of this before pulling out a pen to make changes to the script, which I think is a very funny Feeney thing to do. Every tiny little choice Bill makes I know. is he's so good. It's so good. so good and he whatever you give him he's awesome at it and you just he's on such another level than everybody else. Yeah. That you're watching just these little things that he's doing where you're like, well, that was perfect. Well, yeah. that was perfect. Well, that, Alex I mean, is insane. also such a great partner for him because great. Alex's confidence yep. up yes. against him is so wonderful. It's great. The two of them together are, are really awesome on, on tape. But man, Bill's choices are just perfect. I know. They're perfect. So Joey and Frankie are trying to plan Harley's return and then Harley shows up behind them a week early. Harley and his lackeys are together again. Danny looks great. He does. It was yep. nice to see. Good to see him again. It, he didn't skip a beat. He looks nope. great. Commanded the scene once again. Exactly. Wearing my leather jacket. Wearing, Wearing wear, your yep. leather jacket. Wearing my leather jacket. Yes. <laughs> Corey comes out of class gossiping with other students saying Harley coming back is a rumor and there is yep. a better chance of Corey running into the Loch Ness monster. Thank you. Thank you. So glad you said I have it underlined. It wasn't the Loch Ness monster. It was the, Loch, the Loch Ness, Ness monster. monster. <laughs> my, then, my only note was Ben is in the show. Oh, there's a <laughs> boy like, named Ben Savage on this show. Uh, the Loch Ness monster. This time they're doing it differently, though, where the person is behind him and he mm, doesn't know as it. As he backs up. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it's a new thing they're clever. doing where he new backs thing. into uh, him. Yes, new and, comedy beat. Yeah, it's a whole new thing where he doesn't know uh, he's there and he's talking bad about him this? and he calls him a grease ball. Uh, <laughs> then Harley grabs him by the neck shocking to shocking to Corey that Harley is really there. Harley smirks and asks Baboon if he got the threatening letters he sent. And I, when he said Baboon, I got all warm and fuzzy inside. Yeah. Ben's, Ben's reading of his line too is pretty hysterical. And now I'm in Scotland. Exactly. And now was, I'm in Scotland. Suddenly I'm in Scotland. So funny. <laughs> Corey thanks him for the letters, apologizes for not responding, hands Harley his wallet, and he leaves. And then Joey's pager is beeping. He pretends not to hear it. And Frankie says Griff is paging them. When Harley asks who Griff is, Joey plays dumb, but Harley insists on knowing who Griff is. Joey explains he's a leader they met on the rebound and it's nothing serious. Frankie says he should meet Griff, and Harley says he'll meet him tomorrow at noon in the hallway, and maybe he'll find out his blood type. Blood more type joke. Blood more type blood type jokes. Blood type jokes. And more meeting to fight in the middle of the hallway at In the noon. middle of the day. <laughs> I, listen, like, I just yeah. hope he's the universal blood type, which oh, we all man. know what that is, of course. Exactly. Oh, negative. Maybe negative. Uh, who knows? Frankie <laughs> lovingly pushes Joey and says, and you were worried not picking up that this will indeed be a problem. Mm. And then 
we're in chubbies. Weirdest at 5 a.m. Why are you guys allowed in there? It's not know. open yet. There's a man cleaning behind you. Why didn't this why didn't this scene take place in the in the backyard where this Corey has to meet no you downstairs? Sense. Or why didn't you climb up the tree and go into Corey's bedroom? Why is this happening here? I have no, no idea. Sense. Or no why sense. are we meeting outside of the bus station? It's like if I'm asking Corey to come meet me somewhere, I'm going to the bus station. Like, and it it doesn't make any sense. And then then I'm waking him up. The only thing I can think is, here's what probably happened. This scene should take place in the boy's bedroom where I come in, I sneak into the window and I wake Corey up. And I think what happened is because we had the bus station swing set, they had to use they took the space oh. that was the boy's bedroom oh, so the maybe. boy's bedroom got taken away for the Bingo. week and then they were like oh wait but we Had have to, to have be. him waking Corey up for the no clown no joke which they loved and we repeated a bunch throughout the years yep. so like they just got married to a scene that they couldn't adjust right. and we still have the chubby and they're like we'll just put him in chubbies but you're no right because why not just meet at the train station yeah why it not just meet no at, because then you'd have to have an exterior train station or have me inside the train station and the same the next I don't right. know it doesn't make it, any sense because it doesn't make any is, sense. Is in You're the kitchen, right, Ryder. Right? That is the that is the only thing that makes sense is that this be. swing set took yes. up the space of where right. the boys' bedroom was. Because and it, this whole scene should be me sneaking into the window, waking yeah. Corey up to say, "I'm running away. I'll see you later." Exactly. Because then the next scene is him going into the kitchen. It's like it, it, it doesn't. Yeah, it would have been no, totally normal, work. but it we didn't work. have that set. It would have been really interesting though to have it in like the treehouse. Yes, sure. Because it's the juxtaposition of I'm an adult, but you're in a kid's treehouse at four o'clock in the morning. There's something there that would have been great. We we never utilized the treehouse enough. We did it in the pilot. And then never came back to it. It's a bummer. No, you see it more than just in the pilot. You see it a couple times. Once or twice, yeah. I think only two times. Yeah, it's not a lot. And I do love I love the I love the treehouse lot. Great little set. So Corey is sleeping in a booth at Chubby's where he agreed to meet Sean at five AM. Yep. Don't know why you guys are allowed in there. It's so weird. But so he wakes up Corey and Corey is yelling, No, clown, no. Sean tells Corey. We brought this joke back so many times. I, I think like, like it, I think we bring it back in like season six and seven. Uh, yeah, no, I think oh, this is an funny. on-running thing, yeah. Right. So Sean tells Corey he wanted to meet early to say bye before he left. Corey says bye and puts his head back down to go back to sleep. But Sean is serious. He's leaving town. Corey says he knows what this is. Today is Miss Birnbaum's test, and considering Sean has never met Miss Birnbaum, he's ditching school. Sean says it has nothing to do with school. He's going to travel to get to know himself because he can't be happy in school if he's not happy with himself. He says now, he got I the idea from his guidance my character's counselor. jacket here. Mm, I do too. like hunting jacket. <gasps> yes, with the, the thing real, across yeah. the back. It's fantastic. Fantastic. And this is, you know, obviously because uh, Harley is back and took my right, leather, jacket. leather jacket. But in both. retrospect, this I would have liked to. I agree this with is, you. This is more of a rider jacket than a Sean jacket. Right. I would totally wear this jacket. This jacket um, is amazing. Yeah, I, agree I, I like this jacket more, more than time in another episode. I remember commenting on it. Really? Ben and I in the living room, I was wearing it for something. Uh, probably because, again, Harley had the leather jacket that episode. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think we ever see this jacket again. So great. I like the jacket more than I like the storyline. Because again, it's like, oh, Sean's running away again. Like, okay, right. we're seeing the, and kind of putting Corey on the spot again. Hey, I'm using our friendship cover to for me. please cover for me. And I'm kind of like, I'm starting not to like him a little bit with that kind of yeah. storyline stuff where it's right. like, how many times can we do the same thing? He's running away and he's putting Corey on the spot to do it. It's like, okay, let's, can we, can we move on from this already? Right. So yeah, yeah that one, that kind of threw me a bit. And it's also a little bizarre to offload like the reason that Sean is making this choice is because of a guidance counselor character we've never established yeah. before this episode like it would have been great to me it, it would have made perfect sense for like 
Turner to have made a comment about Mr. his childhood Williams. or like, yeah. yeah, or Mr. Williams, somebody who we've already established, who's like part of their community, who then gives this, mis- you know, this bad advice or this advice that right. they think is good that then Sean misinterprets because then it feels like the culpability for leading a kid astray is, is the community's responsibility as yeah. it is. We just have to purge this bad guidance counselor woman. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know, and it's like, well, you know, she just gave crappy advice and it's like that. There's no consequences of that that right. matter yeah. to our viewers. Can you right. imagine the scene were, with yeah. him and Alex? I was where, just going to say. Feeny and Alex, where Feeny kind of says to Alex, you, yeah. you have to understand the power of being a teacher. Yes. yes. Like exactly. the power that you hold is immense. You know exactly and it would have been happened. an incredible They were just like, we need, a, we need a more females. You know, they, we just, yeah. They, yeah. they probably yeah. were just like getting network notes. Like you can't just have the same characters. Let's right, right, shake right. it up. But by but by but by exporting that that sort mm-hmm. of storyline to a, a, an, an unknown the, quantity, yeah. an unknown character, yeah. it really takes away the value of it. This yeah. episode becomes like yeah. a romp, like a one off, yeah. as opposed to an essential you know development of the the main cares, characters. Yeah. yeah. Turner doesn't know, and Sean wants Corey to cover for him again. He tells Corey he's never been this excited or ready for anything in his whole life. And then he asks Corey for a few bucks, which yeah. I thought is a, a very yeah. cute, um, yep. such a kid thing. Mom, totally. I'm really capable I'm so of this. so independent. Can I have $10? Yeah, exactly. Corey tries to stop him, but Sean says if he's really his friend, he'll let him go. And then... I, I, again, I just wrote, why did the scene have to take place here again? I'm just confused by all of that. Okay. Yep. Then we are back in the Matthews kitchen. Eric is forging a letter of recommendation for college on a typewriter. Eric is really, really, really smart and really, really, really nice and a really, really, really good for your school. <laughs> I love it. It's funny. But again, why not do this? It has to be bedroom. that the bedroom's gone. Because yes. why yes. not? Why would why Eric not be doing in something nefarious in it, like in some sort of private instead of, you know, you're under absolutely right. The they took the some weird chuckling going they on took this week. The bedroom the, out. The bedroom's yeah. gone. That's got to be what it is, right? Yep. You're right. Or, you're right, writer. It's got to be that because it doesn't make any sense. He signs this really, really, really good letter from George Milhouse Feeney. Milhouse Feeney. <laughs> he doesn't know how to spell principal, so he signs it off as head guy. Head guy. Does he have Alan, a middle name that we know of? Do we ever learn Feeney's middle name? Does he? I don't know. Jones. Send your emails to Ryder Send your Strong. emails to Daniel Fischel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Ryder. We will, we will find out. For right now, it's Millhouse. Okay. okay. Uh, Alan comes down to see Eric working early, asking why he's not using a computer. Eric says it's a paper on the Amish, and it just seemed wrong to use a computer. Funny. And Amy comes in and sees him working on the typewriter and asks if he put a waffle in the computer again. <laughs> Uh, I didn't remember this storyline at all. We're now officially into that. I have no idea what's well, happening. There's a anyway. reason why you don't yeah, remember it's just kind of, this episode in particular is completely lack of memory for me too. I think it yeah. was I think this was a desperate week of rewriting. I think we were like yeah. rushed. Sounds it was like, like it. stuff yeah. was happening all over the place. Something was weird about this episode in our yeah, real lives, I, agree. I think. I don't remember what, but for some reason it completely did not lodge in my brain either. No. Yeah. Me neither. No, Danielle, weird. and you weren't even there. So. Yeah, and I wasn't even there, so it's no wonder I don't I don't remember it. Corey comes home saying, I can't believe he does this to me over and over again. Amy and Alan ask Corey what's wrong, but Corey says he doesn't want to talk about it. Eventually, Corey tells them it's been a rough morning. It started with a scary dream. Amy asks if it was the clowns, and then Corey says yes, same dream. Then Corey Can starts I just, to explain what's going on. Yeah, But again, Corey comes in. It's probably 7 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And no they don't parent where says, is. where were you? Nope. Hey, where, why are you coming in fully dressed when we're all coming down? Where have you been? Because he originally no. came down the stairs, and then they just changed it. 
yeah, I mean, maybe because he's, yeah, he just walks in early morning. Nobody yeah. says anything. It might as well be this kid's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> true. Uh, then Corey starts to explain what's going on with Sean, but he walks over to the phone saying, who am I kidding? I know what I have to do. Corey says he's doing the right thing and it's all Amy and Alan's fault because they raised him right. Corey tries calling Turner, but it's going to his machine. And now he has to listen to three minutes of Cat Stevens. Love this whole bit. Yeah, love love I love Corey being mad at his parents for being yes. a good person. I think yep. that's a great dynamic that we haven't quite seen. Like, you nope. know, and I, I love playing into that. And it's, it, and then, yeah, the Cat Stevens, three minutes of Cat Stevens on the answer machine is great. I'm not quite so funny. Sh- it's like not super Mr. Turner, but now I'm like, oh, this describes. I, yeah, I guess it does yeah. describe kinda Mr. Get it. Turner. You kind of get yeah. it. You, yeah. So then Corey just decides to tell to tell Mr. Turner in person. And I really think that these little these jokes are really good, like character development jokes. Yes. The fact that we learn that Corey has a recurring dream about clowns. And then also yep. it tells you so much that like he has this recurring dream about clowns and his parents are fully aware of it because he talks about it with his right. family. Like I have <laughs> exactly. this recurring yeah. <laughs> dream about these clowns. They're in on it. It's like the a whole again. family top- topic. And then yeah. he also he uh, he keeps saying, oh, who am I kidding? There's like this big who am I kidding thing. Uh-huh. Um, and then the way, obviously got, the Cat Stevens. We just got from producer Tara. According to the internet, Feeney's middle name is Hamilton. Please do not send your emails to Writer Strong. George Hamilton Feeney. George Hamilton Feeney. Okay. Did you guys ever have a song on your answering machine? Heck I yes, I did. Remember. I don't remember what it was, but heck yes, I used to have I that outgoing have. song. Let's see, you don't I remember mean, what it was, though. No. Was it you doing song. a song or no, was no, it a song? Oh, okay. You used to be able to, while your phone, instead of ringing, people could right. listen to a song. Oh, oh really? But also, that. well, that's so that, different. That's, that's when we had cell phones. Right. Back in the answering machine days, instead of leaving a message, you could play like a minute of a song and it would just <sighs> tell everyone what they need to know. I don't about think, you. I don't think that way. In my family, my father took leaving the message very seriously. <laughs> And he sounded like a robot to this day. If you call him, he goes, hello, you have reached yes. attorney Fridell. Yes. Please oh. leave a number. It's amazing. Like, but we'll be sitting there going, yours, who are you yours, talking to, you dude? You still, to this day, when you call your cell phone, Will, you say, <laughs> we're not home right now. I'm like, who's oh, we? <laughs> I'm calling you on a cell phone. There's just you. It's not, but you see like this sense of like a communal household. phone. Right. It it's like you've called the phone. My parents, my parents still have an answering machine. Um, but like, Will, you must have been one of those who did like joke answering machine. Like, remember, what were some of the oh, things? Yeah. Oh, some of them were like, like, hello. Ha, right, right. Exactly. You. Gotcha. Yes. you got those a lot too. Do you guys remember impersonation tapes you could buy for your answering machine? You are those no. I do remember. Do and they yeah. were big around Famous the jerky people. boys time. Right. That was jerky like, boys. Yeah, you could put something on then it was like Hey, I'm not here right now, jerky. Like stuff like that. It was like, right. oh man, okay. I oh, bought so a voice changing telephone from um, <gasps> Sharper Image. They used to sell. Remember the Sharper oh, Image? Sharper yeah, of course. course. Okay. So they used to have a phone, and like I somehow convinced my parents to let me buy this, like as if the whole point wasn't prank calling. Like, <laughs> Daniel's just, got something from Sharper oh, Image there, right Sharper there. Image, right. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, Sharper Image was just heaven on earth when yes. I was ten or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I somehow I remember I bought a voice changing telephone. <laughs> that's all I would do is prank all people. So oh, fun. And I don't so know fun. how my parents thought it was anything other than that. Like, that, that, that's change, what it was for. Can, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly Remember, I miss Radio Shack. Oh, yeah. When you're yeah. like, you need to buy batteries. And like, what's your phone number? Like, wait, what? Why? Why do you need that? 
Well, Amy sees the recommendation letter from Feeney, but as Alan starts reading it, they realize Feeney didn't actually write it, and Alan rips up the letter. And I'm not sure exactly when Amy realized this letter wasn't written by Feeney, if she knew from the very moment she picked it up, but her face never gives off the thing of, like, a realization. It's a very weird bit. It feels like they never believed Feeney would have possibly written him a recommendation letter, like, just from the beginning. They hate Eric. Yeah, they, they think Eric, Eric is just a We've total idiot. This. And then, by the way, <laughs> this is the end of this storyline. Yeah, yeah, no, it's done. It's done. And that's I, what I, not, I had to say. It's like the way that Will just goes, oh, like when he rips up the letter. I'm like, yeah, yeah but you now were, what are you going to do for college? a letter. <laughs> right, are there any consequences? Or, yeah. No, like it seems not. like, and it seems very non-Boy Meets World, right? Because like Boy right. Meets World is the show where... Rusty gives the good advice or Amy says that like you have the moment where you're like, okay. And Eric comes around and changes his behavior. But no, no, this is the moment where I was like these parents who have been stellar a plus parents up to Mm -hmm. this point. These parents are failing this child. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So I failing Corey though. They're not failing Corey, but they sure are failing Eric Matthews. And nobody has said, hey, dad. Where's Morgan? No. Let's forget. No. They have three Talk children. Talk about failing a kid. Oh they, are, got, they got rid of a child. They got rid of a kid, for God's sakes. Yikes. So then we are in the school hallway. Uh, Feeney runs after Eli to say he had the best time recording his voice for the school project, and he can't wait to get a copy. Eli says the students cut him out and decided to go with Eli instead. Great. As Eli tries to say there will be other projects, Feeney tells Eli, keep your pity, man. <laughs> and that's, pity, the, man. that's that's the, the one, one I love. Oh, okay. That's the one I love. Keep that's the one pity, I think man. has a yeah. great, interesting choice of a read. That's mm-hmm. the one that I'm like, I wonder if Alex meant to remember that one. <laughs> No, it's too weird to hear you him he's the talking about mangoes. Like just yeah, yeah. mango man. Mango man. That's mango what man. Say. I remember saying That's that. So funny. But is that the way he says it? Because it no, isn't the it way he says it. No, no. Right. 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 as the right. years went on. It became yeah. it's just it like Miles. We're doing an impression of somebody doing a bad impression of Bill Daniels. That's pretty true. All right, I get it. Okay. And this is the this this whole scene is why this episode is because it's so long. They want this face off with the bullies and it just, it it doesn't have anything to do with any of the other characters. It doesn't, it's just like a fan service. Corey guidance counselor storyline. There's a Feeney Eli storyline. There's an Eric forging a letter storyline. And then there is a bully storyline. How many stories are in this episode? And none are really wrapped up in any way that matters. Nobody really learns much that matters. Because you can't fit an A, B, a C, and a D storyline into 22 minutes. It's weird. The whole thing is weird. But this is the, isn't this where... This is where Tony comes out, right? Yes. Corey runs into Turner's classroom saying Sean took off and he had to tell him. Corey tells him he doesn't know where he went, but he had a meeting with the guidance counselor and then split. Turner walks out to talk to the guidance counselor to see what happened. She explains they talked about family, college, and finding yourself and then says, "Uh uh-oh, when she realizes she mentioned her year off in Europe. This is how you know it's a different floor. Okay. So he doesn't. He walks out of the hallway uh-huh. And then comes from upstage and turns and walks this way. So he comes from the top 
of the hallway up there. He so doesn't like walk he out of his room floor. and walk over to the, right. to the door. He right. walks oh. out of his room and then comes from upstage. There right. is no telephone. That's great. There is nothing there. So There's just posters floor. on the side. Great. So they set it up that it is actually another floor that he goes to. I love it. Yep. Okay, that makes sense. I did not yep. notice that. Normally I notice that. We were blocking stuff, but yep. I did not notice that. I must have had my head down in my notes. We talk a lot about moms on this podcast and how important they are to us. Absolutely. Without Jen Fischel, what pictures would we post on our social media? But above and beyond all the incredible mom things they did for us, laundry, dinners, let us travel to Los Angeles alone to chase our dreams of acting. Will, what, what, what else was your mom doing? Uh, my mom was also running all three courts in Connecticut while authoring books. Wow. Well, whether your mom was a legal trailblazer or just the greatest source of inspiration and care in the world, this Mother's Day, she deserves some flowers. You are right. And that's why I'm sending mine farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And while I'm teaching you things, how about 25% off your entire Books order so you can join us in treating our mothers to a beautiful arrangement? Love it. Here's why I like the Books Company. They are different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. That's really cool. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Your mom is unique, so she deserves flowers just as special. And Books is simple. I went online, picked the delivery date, and I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your Books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code WORLD for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com promo code WORLD. Books promo code WORLD. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh... Every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by the experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job, not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help with your job search. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the office near you or download the Express Jobs app to get started. With a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries, from welding to sales, forklift operator to customer service, the team at Express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step. Whether you're looking for a contract job for the summer or a new full-time role, turn to Express Employment. Interviewing with Express Employment Professionals can be as easy as a phone call. And one application with Express puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Don't go in your job search alone. 
Visit ExpressPros.com today. So Turner asks what kind of advice she's giving, and Miss Collins tells Turner to back up because she only talked to Sean for 30 minutes, but he's been living with Turner for four months. And then she says, ooh, that was good. It is. It is. It, yeah. I mean, this is I think this is just b- cramming so much into this episode that we don't get the counselors like this doesn't. Right. Because I, I, this is a nice beat to turn it back on to Turner. Yes. But you and it. But you haven't seen Turner give him advice that is bad, that Sean's t- mistake, no. like taken the wrong way. So Mm-mm. I just don't this. And again, this also would have worked if it was. I know that you're saying we needed another female character and they, we did. And she obviously came in and did a great job. But had this been a scene between even if you don't want to make it Feeney, you want to make it Turner Eli. and Eli yeah. going, hey, wait a minute, Jonathan. He's lived with you for however yeah, long he's lived with you. I, I talked to the kid one time. This is my second day as a teacher. Also, you could have done a whole, anything there. Yeah. Going back to if we were keeping it with this guidance counselor and developing more the idea that she's just un- inexperienced. Right. I like the idea of her being like, "Ooh, I got to remember that. That's good." Yeah. You know, it was like great. Keeping, it was a good read. Writing some notes. Yeah, it was a good read and I like the idea of her thinking about like keeping notes for things to do in the future and I'm learning here, you know? Like I yeah. like all that, but it it's, Well, but also like if you're going to have a character like this, then she she should there should be consequences there should be development yes. she should be going to the bus station with Turner Correct. to apologize to Sean or maybe Something. afterwards the tag could be a scene between her and Sean being yeah. like I've now learned my lesson as a guidance counselor I've grown you've grown as a kid yes and but instead it's this is it she's just dropped off it's yep. like yep. oh she was ditzy and pretty and made a mistake and then she's gone and it's like yep. that's yep. A- bummer like this is actually a cool idea for somebody to have given advice that they think is good and it is good advice go yeah. to europe explore yeah. the world like that is good advice but then just misappropriating it to a child like it that really is- would have been great i mean they, they obviously eli was obviously busy with this feeny storyline it could have yeah. been alan who sa- yeah. who casually mentions to sean that he took a year off or yeah. he oh, did something you know wouldn't yeah. that have been anybody. great amy could have been anybody it should have yeah. been so, amy Betsy, because then you still have a female character giving the advice. Amy could very easily say, well, you know, it took me a while to figure out what I wanted to do. Also, even still as an adult, it would have been nice for her to say, listen, even as an adult, my tastes are evolving. I used to do real estate. Now I'm into art. Now I run a gallery. Like, you know, in in order to find myself, I had to, you know, it could have. So, okay. Um, and we're still in the school hallway. Joey and Frankie are looking at the clock. There's ominous music playing, waiting for Harley and Griff to show up. Do you Frankie remember this? Says, no. Okay, so there. this was okay. So this was I remember this. So this is the only thing I remember of this episode is that this was ad libbed at the table read. Whoa. So at the table read, the, we're sitting there, and you know how you would you would sit there and and do a table read is you're reading your dialogue, and in between doing your dialogue, the director is reading out the stage directions that are yeah. in between. So Corey walks down the hallway and opens his locker. Like they would actually read that out physically at the table read. So the a locker squeaking and a paper flying by was actually the. Um, his line was only, this doesn't feel right, Frankie. I'm, I'm, I'm getting nervous. But right before the stage direction was they are, they're in the hallway, ominous music plays a locker squeaking paper blows by. And then it cut. And then Blake went, ah, a locker squeaking paper blowing by. I don't know what's going on. So he just added that into his dialogue Mm. and it got a huge laugh at the table. So they added it into the script. So that was all him just ad-libbing from what the stage direction was. None of that was actual dialogue. (laughs) That's fine. Uh, But it was so, yeah, and a paper blowing by and everybody lost it at the table. So that's like, that's all I remember this entire week was like, oh my God, I remember this. Yeah, he made that up on the spot. 
it starts with them looking at the clock, waiting for them to show up. And Frankie says Griffin Harley fighting just doesn't make sense. And Joey says maybe they won't fight. Maybe they had one of those moments where just everything makes sense. Frankie suggests that's an epiphany. And Joey shakes his head no, like Frankie is the dumb one. <laughs> and then... The clock strikes 12 and no one is there. But Joey and Frankie with an eerie calm and a Western gunfight theme music is playing. The nearby locker squeaks with the wind like a saloon bar door and some trash drifts by their feet like a tumbleweed. This is really fun. But this is what takes up so much of the episode. This Did we what, need that opening part of them looking at the clock in the first two minutes? Couldn't it have just started with them standing in the middle of the hallway of at course. noon and the squeaky door and the trash can? Of course. I swear what happened is there was an existing script with a yeah. guidance counselor da, 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 and the writers realized that Danny was better and they yeah. were like, let's resolve this. And they crammed this entire storyline into this episode and it takes up a lot of time. It's just a time consuming yeah. storyline that doesn't involve any of the regular cast. And, you know, they, and I think it's, it's very noble, right? They wanted to mm-hmm. satisfy the Griff Harley stuff. And like, I, I, but it and just bring feels, Danny back and they want to bring Danny, Danny back. That's what I mean. Like, yeah, it's, a, yeah, yeah. it's all in the sake of a, but it just makes for an awkward episode because it's shorn in and it takes up all the oxygen. And by the way, I find it very funny. It's yeah. just crammed in. If yeah, they had been, if they organic. had made it a right. full B storyline, yes. instead of it being a B, a full maybe C, C storyline yeah, that takes uh, like, over a lot that of doesn't have enough time. Yeah. If they dedicated a B storyline to it, it's very funny. And this yeah. stuff with the saloon door and the trash going by is great. Or like, just I love incorporate it. Corey into it. I know. Why yeah. isn't that a part of this storyline? Hey, yeah. dealing with Frankie and Joey, helping them with like it could have yes. been a million ways to make this feel more like. A part of the rest of the episode. But. Frankly, what they should have done, and they did this other times, I don't know why they didn't hear, is they should have cut the Eric storyline. I should have had a week off this week. And they or should have been it should have been A and B. They you tried with the buying the 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 paper. It's just to right, bring totally. them into the but it's just it my storyline, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. But at also all. why do we need the Eli Feeney storyline through this? Why isn't it a storyline between you and Feeney? I mean, yeah, because that we works need, too. I'm bringing so him many the things. Basically, this, we I think what yeah. happened, like Ryder said, I think this was a week where there was a lot of stuff going on and some things got shoehorned in. But also, I think in this episode, we're finding out that it feels like we have too many characters and they had a hard time deciding yeah. which characters really they were hard. going to service. Yeah, and that's true. they so, ended yeah. up trying to service too many of them and I was still not in the episode. So... <laughs> Joey starts to panic and wants to leave, but Frankie says his mom isn't picking them up until 3.30, and Joey says, you and your carpool. It's great. And then Harley shows up first, then Griff walks in. Griff says he heard Harley wants to pound him. Harley is doing a very scary punching motion with his hands, and Griff asks what he's waiting for. The sooner Feeney finds out, the sooner Harley will be back in reform school. Joey jumps in to say, okay, I guess the fight's over. Who's up for a little Chinese? But Harley starts to walk off and signals that Frankie needs to beat up Griff instead. Harley says he's waiting, but Frankie decides to quit being a lackey and tells Joey he should do the same. Joey also quits and wants to be his own man. Griff says it looks like they have nothing to argue about anymore since Frankie and Joey quit, and he wishes Harley good luck with the whole retro look, and he walks off. I did too. This is like the first (laughs) time that anyone acknowledges that Harley's got a whole 50s thing going on. Just like he's in the 50s. Harley says Frankie and Joey are showing spine, self-esteem, and they have real chutzpah, and it'll be real hard beating it out of them. And then Corey comes out of class talking to totally different kids about how he pulled a fast one on Crisco head Harley by giving him a fake wallet with fake money, and he would have loved to have seen the look on his face when he found out, and then... 
He bumps He's into Harley. Behind him again. Oh, <laughs> and no. Harley says it'll look a lot like this, but perturbed. And then we're in the bus station. And there's Carmen Filpy sitting next to Sean, playing bum, going through a gift basket donated to the homeless shelter, and he offers Sean a mango. Sean thanks him, but he says, no, don't thank me. Thank George Feeney, because it's written on the card. And there are also teeth in the basket, but he says, oh, wait, they're mine. Those are mine. And then he walks off. Turner runs in and finds Sean and says that when he heard Sean was going to Europe, he immediately thought, bus station, which I thought was a funny joke that he just knows immediately he won't be at the airport. He'll be at the bus station. This is a huge set, by the way. Huge For once. And used and not utilized at all. There's like back rooms. I know. There probably was multiple scenes in this in the original script, but instead we lost the boys' bedroom for this. Yeah. So funny. Um, Sean is trying to go to Paris, France, but he has a bus ticket to Paris, Texas. He thought the TX meant tax. (laughs) Turner says he doesn't know what Miss Collins said, but running away is not the answer. Sean says he's not running away. He's going somewhere and doing something with his life. He wants to ski the Alps or go to Spain and chase the bulls. When Turner tells him that the bulls chase him, he says he doesn't need Spain and Europe's a big town. There's tons of stuff for him to do. (laughs) Great line. Yep. To Europe's a big town is great. Turner asks why Sean didn't come talk to him, and he says because he's busy and he has his own stuff going on. But that doesn't mean he doesn't care what's going on in Sean's life. Turner says he's more than his buddy. He's responsible for him. But Sean says he's not his dad. He's used to being on his own. It's made him realize he has to look out for himself. As Sean starts to walk away and thanks him for the roof, Turner yells after Sean and says he's not going anywhere. Sean says he's going to Europe, but Turner corrects him that he's actually going to Texas again. Turner says Sean has no idea what he's getting himself into. So Sean is going back home with him where he belongs. And if he wants to go to Europe, they'll go together next summer. But only if he starts going to class and he gets his grades up. And this is all lovely, lovely stuff, but it kind of just doesn't feel earned by the episode. No, Correct. it doesn't at all. Because it's and not it's, about our relationship until yep. the scene. Right. So we yep. haven't really... I don't know. Like, but it it's would be also, so cool. it's a great, could have been such an amazing storyline for Sean because yeah. for the first time he's Somebody running is. towards something yes. as opposed to from something, Yes, which is a huge bit of character development or could yeah. be if it's done right. You're actually yeah. going towards something yeah. and you're looking forward as opposed to just getting away from what's behind you. That's yeah. huge for a character. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. didn't do any, it's like, eh, okay, it was really weird. I had an interesting thought, which is this summer before this episode, uh, I went to Europe with David Combs, my teacher. Is this when you went? The show. So I wonder if the idea to have a teacher offering to take a student to Europe, what came from real life. Like if the writers on our show knew that I had gone to Paris and London with David, that they incorporated that into this, which is great. It's kind of like a, yeah. That's cool. I bet you they did. I bet bet they did. David Combs influencing storylines of Boy Meets World. Mm -hmm. The man with the gift basket tells Sean to listen to his dad, and Sean says he thinks he will, and he hands the man his bus ticket. The man yells, all right, I'm going to Europe. (laughs) (laughs) And then we're in the guidance counselor's office. Corey's laying down on the couch, venting to Miss Collins about losing Sean, and there was really no winning for him. Plus, Harley is back, and he's running out of wallets. And then there are those clown dreams. And I love this this runner of the clown thing. I really do enjoy it. Miss Collins interrupts Corey's rambling to say this is not the kind of counseling she does. And then Turner and Sean walk in. 
Miss Collins asked Sean the next time they talk if he can explain what he thought she meant. Sean doesn't understand, and Turner says he can just talk to him. Corey steps out with Sean, and we get a really the odd look. reaction what? shots the between hell was that? Miss Collins, <laughs> who's slowly walking toward Mr. Turner, who gives yep. a side smile, yep. and it looks like bounce a wow wow. Yeah, yeah. they're going to go at it on the desk. Weirded. Go at it on the desk right I now. I don't understand. I they didn't color. know what to do with this character. So they were like, uh, what are we, I mean, they, is the is the point that the guidance counselor is too attractive to be a guidance counselor and she's just flirting with Sean and now Turner or like, is what the is message the that you cannot be a young woman in you any place of business? Because no one will take you seriously. No one will take you seriously and everyone will sleep with you. I don't. I don't understand what's happening here. I don't either. It was, it was so I, ex- I wrote exactly the same. I was like, the look between Turner and the counselor? Question mark. Like, what is, yeah. is this something and that was thought out? Like, and then when, when Corey and Sean go outside, there's like a pause. And then you hear the door close, which normally when you Oh, are, I didn't pick that up. Yes, you hear the office door close behind them, but it's not like immediate. It doesn't, it, the door doesn't, you know, normally when you are doing a scene, you want the door to close first and then you start your dialogue. Right. You try not to close the lo- the door on a line and they don't close it on a line. They close it in between a line, but also like you could have just left the door cracked and I wouldn't have wondered why I didn't hear the door close, but you do. It's extra weird. weird. So outside the door, Sean says he's not mad and Corey says he's not apologizing and he's no longer responsible for Sean's actions. Sean says it's it's no problem. And he guess he missed his biology exam this morning. Corey says, don't worry. I took the exam for Sean. Two things. <laughs> Can't believe we never addressed what happened to the end of Eric's storyline. Yep. Just nope. nothing. Just not even, not even with Feeney. Not even with Feeney. Feeney nope. doesn't even know as far nope. as we know. Nope. Okay. What is, what is Eric going to do for college? There needs to be a discussion. What are you going to do? You don't have a letter of recommendation. We get what? there. Okay, we get, we get there. there. We do All episodes. Right. I know that are about that. Yes, we get we, there. We but. spent three episodes in the SATs. Right. Now yep. we're in college letter of recommendations. Yeah, so I'm weird. Sure we'll, we'll cover it. But it's yep. a weird. Yeah. This, this whole episode was just. And everybody was good. It was just bizarre. It was like. I, I, yeah. I don't dislike it, but I don't like it. It was just weird. Yeah, the second to, thing. Okay. Where the f*** am I? <laughs> not here. How, why am I a part of this podcast? Do you guys want me to get somebody else in the seat? Yeah, Topanga is not a big part of the show until, I mean, because of the lore, because you are part of the, the this is the thing. It's like Boy Meets World has like two levels. It has the levels that are expositionally told to the viewer. This is... This is the storyline. Sean is this type of person. Corey and Topanga are always, there's all this expositional talk. And then there's actual storylines and actual, like what you're watching. And sometimes they're not equivalent to each other. So like, there's a lot of like, for instance, there's a lot of experiential stuff about Eric being ridiculous and being dumb, which is fun. And it takes up a lot of the actual screen time. But then there's a lot of expositional talk about, Corey and Topanga and how they've always loved each other and they're meant to be together. When in reality, you're barely on screen until like season four or five. I really believe that. Like it's it's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's a weird show in that way. Like there's two levels to it constantly. So is it like that? What do they call that with the, with the Berenstein Bears and all that stuff where people are remembering Mandela that? Because I remembered, yeah. what yeah. is it? The Mandela, the Mandela effect. effect. Yeah, yeah, so it is. It, that's what it is. It's, but it's because I remember our show you being on the show. tells you to remember things that never happened. Our show is right. like, we always do this. This is what we, you always right. do. And it's like, right? 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 Yeah. Little swirls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, 
Anyway, thanks for listening to this episode of Pod Meets World. You can follow us on Instagram, Pod Meets World Show. You can send us your emails, podmeetsworldshow at gmail.com. And we have merch. I didn't say anything. I was topanging it on the first few uh, f- first few seasons of Pod Meets World. Is that wrong? <laughs> Just invisible. Merch! There you go. <laughs> Podmeetsworldshow.com will send us out. We love you all. Pod dismissed. Pod Meets World is an iHeart podcast produced and hosted by Danielle Fischel, Will Friedle, and Ryder Strong. Executive producers Jensen Karp and Amy Sugarman. Executive in charge of production, Danielle Romo. Producer and editor, Tara Sudbach. Producer, Jackie Rodriguez. Engineer and Boy Meets World superfan, Easton Allen. Our theme song is by Kyle Morton of Typhoon. And you can follow us on Instagram at Pod Meets World Show or email us at podmeetsworldshow at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves, and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. When I'm on my way to drop off the kids at school and I'm on about five hours of sleep and I haven't had my coffee yet, I'm truly one of a kind. Yeah, this sounds like the beginning of a horror movie. It is. But there is one thing I can do immediately to bring some comfort and calm to the situation and keep me moving forward. Eat Keebler Sandies. I like to think that if the good-looking guy was still around, sitting on the couch, comforting himself about not getting into college, he'd ditch the Cocoa Puffs and down some Keebler Sandies instead. Mixed with chocolate syrup? Ooh, why not? When you need a comforting moment for yourself, Keebler Sandies is the perfect treat to keep you going. Each Keebler Sandies shortbread cookie is baked to perfection by the Keebler Elves for a light sweetness and a texture that melts in your mouth. The next time you feel like you're juggling it all, reach for Keebler's Sandy's Shortbread Cookies to enjoy a simple moment of comfort. When it comes to Pod Meets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to 303 mile range, available two-way charging and other category defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched out electric vehicles ever. And as you know, we are tech heads. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250-plus kilowatt DC fast charger. And with the available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car, backyard or side yard. Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions, and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only.